0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ukraine claims to have recaptured one-fifth the city of Severodonetsk, even as Russia intensifies its attack with reinforcements. The salient around Severodonetsk and the nearby city of Lysychansk is virtually the only part of the eastern province of Luhansk not yet taken by Russian troops. The governor of Luhansk, Serhii Haidai, said the Russians were incurring huge casualties during the urban fighting. Russia has reported that Ukrainian forces are retreating. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, urged Russian church leaders to issue, quote, a clear condemnation of aggression, following the shelling of a centuries-old Orthodox monastery in eastern Ukraine. Mr. Zelensky said the Ukrainian Orthodox Church was, quote, still considered in Moscow to be connected with the Russian Orthodox Church. Even this does not stop the Russian army. Production of American baby formula restarted at a factory in Michigan, whose shutdown in February caused a nationwide shortage. Owned by Abbott Nutrition, the plant was closed after officials began investigating infections in four babies possibly caused by its formula its shutting served to highlight the troubled concentration of supply in the formula market. China's space agency said that a three-man crew will blast off from Inner Mongolia on Sunday, heading for the Tiangong space station. The astronauts will spend six months completing the core module of Tiangong, including docking two laboratories. China's first such station It is due to be operational well ahead of the demise of the International Space Station in the next ten years. Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei admitted that Iran was behind the seizure of two Greek oil tankers in the Persian Gulf last month. The move was purportedly a response to Greece's involvement in an operation to take crude oil from sanctions violating Iranian tankers in the Mediterranean Sea. Mr. Khamenei also blamed foreign quote, enemies for recent disturbances in southwest Iran linked to the collapse of a building that killed 37 people. Rajib Tayyip Erdogan, the president of Turkey, confirmed once more his intention to send troops into northern Syria to target fighters of the YPG, a Kurdish militia and ally of America. Turkey considers the YPG a foe because of its ties to the militant Kurdistan Workers' Party. Mr. Erdogan said he wants to reinforce a security buffer along his country's southern border. The parents of a child killed in last month's school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, took first steps towards legal action against Daniel Defense, the maker of the semi-automatic rifle that was used to kill 21 people. One of their lawyers led a case that, in February, resulted in a $73 million settlement by Remington Arms over a school shooting in Newton, Connecticut, in 2012. And word of the week, Écopont, wildlife bridges, in French. France is building overpasses for animals to reduce roadkill and help them roam more freely.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Nordic War Games 16 countries, 45 warships, 75 aircraft, and more. The fortnight-long Baltops 22 military exercise will begin on Sunday. This year's annual Baltic War Game led by America, practicing everything from amphibious operations to anti-submarine warfare and mine clearance, will be especially charged with political signals. First, it demonstrates America's commitment to defend Europe as Russia invades Ukraine. The USS Kearsarge, a big amphibious assault ship, has been calling in at several Nordic ports. Second, it tells Russia that its aggression is uniting the West, not dividing it. If and when Sweden and Finland join NATO, the Baltic Sea will become, in effect, a NATO lake. Third, it is a chance for Sweden, this year's host, and Finland, another regular participant, to show their military worth to NATO. And it gives them an opportunity to work alongside Turkey, even though its government is still blocking their accession to the military alliance. Wargaming is diplomacy, by other means. A POVERTY OF POLITICS IN MEXICO Six of Mexico's 32 states elect new governors on Sunday in a litmus test for the country's political parties. Morena, the party of President Andrés Manuel López Obrador, which governs at national level, is likely to dominate. Polls suggest its candidates will win at least three of the races, adding to the 18 states it already runs. These gains would give Morena clout going into federal and presidential elections in 2024. However, that Morena is likely to do so well is mainly testament to the failures of the opposition. Mr. López Obrador remains popular, but disapproval of him is rising, especially on security. Gangs have, largely unchallenged, expanded into more areas of the country. Morena suffered losses in midterm elections last year, losing its supermajority in the National Congress and denting its ability to pass constitutional changes. But opposition parties have failed to offer a positive alternative vision. Unhappy Mexicans don't have much of a political choice. Height can increase disease risk. Being short is bad for a person's health. So is being tall. Scientists have long known that a person's stature alters their risk of various diseases. Generally, diminutive people have more heart disease, whereas bean poles are prone to circulation problems, such as varicose veins and heart flutters. Yet the extent to which these discrepancies are caused by environmental factors, such as diet, has been unclear. A study of 280,000 adults in PLOS Genetics, a journal, narrows in on how height influences health. Researchers controlled for environmental factors by ignoring participants' actual height and instead predicting their height from their genes, thus cutting out the influence of upbringing. This allows them to find causal links between height-increasing genes and over 100 health conditions. Height usually increases the risk of nerve disorders and skin infections, but tall people can console themselves with the fact that they are less likely to suffer from clogged arteries. Weekend Profile – Chesa Boudin, San Francisco's Prosecutor Who Dislikes Prosecuting The job of district attorney in San Francisco can vault people to high places. It used to be held by Kamala Harris, America's vice president. However, if Chesa Boudin, San Francisco's current DA, is going anywhere, it is back onto the job market. On June 7th, voters will decide whether to recall him from office. San Franciscans blame him for a spike in homicides. They say he has failed to rein in open-air drug dealing and clean up homeless encampments. Mr. Boudin surely has the most unusual background of any DA in America. His parents were members of the Weather Underground, a leftist group, and were both convicted for their role in an armed robbery that left two police officers and a security guard dead. They were the unarmed getaway drivers. Mr. Boudin was raised by the group's leaders, making frequent visits to prison to see his parents and developing an intimate knowledge of the criminal justice system. After graduating from college, he went to Venezuela and worked as a translator for Hugo Chavez, the country's autocratic left-wing president, and co-wrote a book about the Bolivarian Revolution. One of Mr. Boudin's articles from the time argued the world should, quote, congratulate Mr. Chavez for abolishing term limits. He went on to study at Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar, attended Yale Law School, and became a public defender. When campaigning to become San Francisco's DA in 2019, he promised to eliminate cash bail and lock up fewer people. But many in the city now feel his policies have let miscreants operate without consequence. Murders and burglaries are up. In 2021, his office secured just three convictions for drug dealing, compared with 90 by his predecessor in 2018. Mr. Boudin says the recall campaign against him is politically motivated and funded by Republicans. Yet people of all backgrounds are irked by the city's deterioration under his watch. Whether or not Mr. Boudin is able to hold on to his job polls suggest his removal is likely, his call to treat criminals and ex-convicts more humanely has changed lives. That includes his father's. Mr. Boudin sought clemency for his dad, who was locked up in New York and publicly made his case to Andrew Cuomo, then the state's governor. Last year, Mr. Boudin's father was pardoned after serving 40 years of a 75-year sentence. The winners of this week's quiz Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Jin Hong Park, Suwon, South Korea North America, Melissa Markham, Austin, United States Central and South America, George Power Porto, Lima, Peru Europe, Patrice Bailey, Aix-en-Provence, France Africa, Elisa Green Chowma, Zambia. Oceania, Alison Morris, Sydney, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Gareth Bale, Key West, Buster Keaton, Valdisari, and Rosemary Clooney. The theme is actors who played Batman Christian Bale, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney. Finally, Here's the quote of the day from Pancho Villa, who was born this day in 1878. Don't let it end like this. Tell them I said something. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.